Support Black Podcast. Slip on a red shirt and beam aboard the USS Internet for all things Trek. The Red Shirts Podcast, available on redshirtspodcast.lipson.com, where three cool guys aren't afraid to don the dreaded Star Trek Red and let it all hang out. Join Craig, Q Storm, and Big Sexy for anything and everything involving the world of Star Trek. Check them out on iTunes. Check them out on Stitcher Radio. Check them out where you find podcasts. The Red Shirt Podcast. Remember, support Black Podcasts. My mic sounds nice. Check one. one. My mic sounds nice. Check two. Are we recording? Oh, word. What's up to our sidekicks (laughs) and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? That was a good intro. I hope we keep that. Um, Oh, here comes a guy who wants to buy comics. so much for joining us here at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, 4456 Main Street in Maniunk, Pennsylvania. I'm Johnny Destructo. And I am the Bat Tribble. Holler at your boy. How you doing, buddy? It's been a while. It's been a long time, JD. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time. But huh? we're back just in time Ooh. to bring you a brand new segment, ladies and gentlemen, here hey! on Gutter Talk. We're going to start the show off right with something new. It's called... Brandon, ask us. <laughs> Brandon, ask us. <laughs> Where? Uh, Brandon. Long time <laughs> customer here at the complex. Are you also a listener? Mm-hmm. Do you listen to the show? Okay. Oh, cool. So listener slash customer. Listener slash customer Brandon mm-hmm. will come in and give you, ladies and gentlemen, a treat. Because he will give you the show that you've been missing out on for the last <laughs> almost year. Because Brandon comes in and asks, sometimes with a list of questions yeah, yeah. that he wants to ask us. And we, sitting here, stupidly. Not recording Not it. recording. <laughs> go into long dissertations on each and every one of his answers. I think one time. Well, to be fair, to be fair, every time this happens, I go, Brandon, why don't you write in. And we can answer them on the air. And he goes, oh, and he just sort of mumbles something, and then that's we just move on. Yeah, this is what he is, what he is want to do. Yeah. So Brandon, have a seat. So hi, Brandon. <laughs> hi. So now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. We're doing great. What do I do with my hands. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. so Brandon, real quick, just to give people a little bit of um, idea of where you are and who you are. Um, give them your home address and your telephone your number. Address, but give people like, like, uh, what's your, when did you first start reading comic books? Around 2010. Started yeah. with uh, Young Justice, Volume 1. And w- w- was it just random? Did somebody just tell you to go buy Young Justice? What brought you in? No, I saw Tim Drake in Arkham City, Batman Arkham City. Oh, yeah. And then I was also watching the Young Justice TV show at the time. And so then, 
when I found out he was in the Young Justice comics, that got me interested. And the rest is history. So you were watching. So that's what got you in the comics was where the the sort of surrounding satellite of um, pop culture of like video games and the cartoons. Yep, pretty much. And YouTube channels. Like, so those things really work. Yeah. Yeah. But, and you know, playthroughs. Yeah. I've heard a lot. Of, say it again. Like YouTube um, video game playthroughs. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of people question whether or not those things actually bring readers into stores. So I'm, we have an answer. Yeah, we got the answer we right have, here. And Brandon. Yeah. So, Brandon, you're the the answer to that question. But now, allow JD and I to provide you answers to your questions. Now, let me just ask you real quick. When and why did you start this habit of, like, coming in with all these different questions? Well, it was pretty much that I always had the questions, but I never really wanted to, like, ask them online or something. So I wanted to ask like professionals or people who had been reading comics for like years. Yeah. So I would come in and ask you guys and you gave me good answers. So then I kept doing it <laughs> and then I just kept going and it kept going and going. So are we professionals? So obviously we, we have perfected our guys. Uh, <laughs> he fell for it. He fell for it. You sucker. Well, <clears throat> so Brandon, uh, let fly with your first question on Brandon. Ask us. Phrase it. Okay, so I was wondering, like, what do you consider, how do you consider, let me rephrase. (laughs) So do you, who do you think a character belongs to? Do you think it belongs to, like, as far as its design, who do you think belongs to the artist or the original artist? So, like, do you think it belongs to the individual artist at the time or Mm -hmm. the person who created the character's look? Okay, so... First of all, the answer to that question is that she belongs to the character, to the company it was created for. Yes. And they can do whatever the fudge they want. Uh, just look at the Watchmen, right? True. Big, true. big problem there. But uh, so we were, you were talking about this specifically in re- regards to Jessica Jones, right? Yes. So to catch the, catch the people, <clears throat> the little people out there, uh, to catch them up. So Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatos, I believe, were the ones who created Jessica Jones to begin with. Over was it t- David Gatos? Isn't it his name? Mike, Michael Gatos? What did I say? Maybe, is it, maybe it is. No, Michael. it's Michael Gatos. Okay. All yeah, right. Michael Gatos um, created Jessica Jones. And, uh, of course, now she is beloved for her Marvel television series. And Michael Gatos uses photo reference a lot to draw from yes so you'll be able to see specific actors and actresses Mm -hmm. in the roles that he's he's drawing them for so um for a while there i saw a lot of um jennifer connelly yes very interesting so um yeah so he'll draw from people and he has a different look for jessica jones than say david marquez and sarah pichelli who um have worked on her previously right uh, uh, or more re- recently, mo- I should most, say. More, more recently, recently in the, the Defenders. So right now, the Defenders is drawn by David Marquez, and he has a very specific design for her, which is slimmer, more um, uh, angular in the jawlines and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Prettier. Yeah. We'll just say prettier, quote yeah. unquote. So your question is, who who does the look belong to? Michael Gatos or people who are working currently? Well, because they're both drawing her right now. Well, I was more wondering, like, who... What look do you think is the is the, the look? Definitive. Yeah, the definitive look for the character. In my own personal opinion, yeah. I, I I find it easier to look at the David Marquez one. Uh, I can picture that 
more easily than I can picture the Michael Gatos one because that is a shifting look. I don't think Michael Gatos has a I don't want to say strong enough because I don't want to I don't want to make it sound negative, but his style is more fluid and has a lot more. Um, gosh, what's the word? Kineticism to his to his lines, mm-hmm. whereas David Marquez has a very specific character model that he's drawing over and over again. Right. Okay. Would that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah so I, I would say David Marquez. I am. He, she's more easily placed in my my visual dictionary of mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. because I can picture it as opposed to the other one which is ever kind of fluctuating yet for me i would lean towards the gatos uh Mm -hmm. version um even though i hear what you're saying as far as like the 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 looseness the the looseness there's a looseness to his ankles yeah um i hear what you're saying about that and i can respect that however the overall character design Mm -hmm in line with the character as the original writer wrote uh, Jessica Jones, I think is more more in tune with one another. Mm -hmm. So therefore, while there is looseness to his pencils and his inks, I can see what he's going for in the look. Mm -hmm. And therefore, that paints closer to the picture of what Jessica Jones is. So much so that when you go into the Netflix series, while... The Netflix series probably on look is closer to Marquez's version. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The aesthetics of her, of her personality, which I think does bleed through a little bit in how she carries off the look Mm -hmm. in the series, I think is closer to the original depiction. And, and, I, I, which so I guess the 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 show is a marriage of the two looks, mm-hmm. but I would always side with the original. Now, which one do I prefer? I think that's a different question. That's which true. one just houses itself automatically in my brain would be the David Marquez version. Mm-hmm. The one I prefer because it's more like a real woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a little thicker by Michael Gatos. Um, she's not as structurally pretty. I don't. Um, you say like she's thicker. I don't see her as thicker. I just see her as more, for lack of a better word, lived. You yeah. know what I mean? Like she, because you got to remember, it, it. The character is while was once a superhero, mm-hmm. she's not living that life anymore. Right. She's not about that life. So it would stand a reason that her body would soften up. Well, not no, but also don't you don't don't think that I mean thinner. I mean um, thicker, as in uh, fat. No, I. I, I mean, know. as someone who could take a punch. Okay. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? So I the one by David Marquez, and even as played by Kristen Ritter mm-hmm. on the TV show, I have trouble with that because she's so tiny. Like this is. So this is the one from the Pulse. Oh, drawn by. Um, uh, was that was that back? No. It's yeah, yeah. Mike, Bagley? Mark Bagley. Yeah. Mark Bagley. Yeah. So that's my thing. That's why I was leaning towards Wen's side with the um, like the original artist mm-hmm. because that looks nothing like her as far as exactly. I'm concerned. The Mark that's Bagley version thing. is just a Mark Bagley woman. Yeah. Right. And you said yeah. that's Pichelli? Nope. There? That's David Marquez. 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 Who has a very Sarah Pichelli look. Right. Which is why I think um, Marquez and Bagley, since theirs are so different, mm-hmm. it's hard to like give one of those the definitive one. Yeah. So it seems like it's easier to just give it to the person who originally created it. Gatos. Right. Yeah. 
But then that's why I was thinking, like, even though um, Bagley's doesn't look as much like her, it's still more of that, like, thinner frame. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, like, that that thinner frame, like, look mm -hmm. has become more of her look yeah, yeah. than the um, Gatos one. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was interested, is, like, which one you think. You know, it's it sort of reminds me a little bit, maybe I'm making a leap here, animated GIFs. Mm-hmm. Whatever becomes embraced by the populace to a higher degree becomes the definition. So the guy who created an anime GIF says that it's supposed to be uh, pronounced GIF. Yeah, he does. Right. Yeah. But the world at large is like, nah, man, it's GIF. It's GIF. He's like, but no, I made it. It's GIF. And they're like, nah, dog. We outnumber you. It's GIF. So... You know, it's questions like these are always answered by the populace of like, well, whatever one you see or whatever one is most um, promoted, which I think yeah. would be the, the one that's in the TV show. and Which is why her look is becoming more and more mm -hmm. in line with uh, Christian Ritter, which I don't necessarily have a problem with because I love Christian Ritter's depiction of Jessica Jones. Her emotional weight that she gives the character I'm in for, her physicality... I find hard to believe, even though it's a superpower. So she, would, mm -hmm. she doesn't need muscles because yeah. it's just she's and, been physically altered which on is a genetic why I level. Love it, which is why mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. Did, what so do you mean? You, you, I said I almost feel the opposite. Just when I'm watching the show, like especially I just finished season two, like sometimes it feels like she has either like sad or angry. Those mm -hmm. are like the only emotions the character has. Mm -hmm. Which doesn't feel like a good enough like spectrum. Yeah. I feel like she really sells the strength of the character well, mm -hmm. and she does the fight scenes really well. But sometimes I feel that she doesn't do the emotional side as well, yeah. unless it's sad or angry. Like when she's trying to be happy or something, it doesn't. She doesn't really sell it. I feel like. Uh -huh. And and I mean that goes with the character because the character might be pretending to be happy or something. That's, so that's what just, I was just thinking. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. thinking. And she's she's fronting. Yeah. Um. Because, you know, even as you're talking, I was wondering, are there any scenes in the first season where she is happy other than pre-accident Jessica? Right. Where she's out with her friend and having a drink and she doesn't yeah. have powers and her There's family hasn't been... There's few and far between. Yeah. You know so I mean? so I, she's, trying to, she's trying to find her happy again. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... Then I feel like that's kind of my problem. Maybe it's not necessarily with her. It's more mm. with the writing. Yeah. Because in the original, like, Alias series, there were times where she would, like be happy with Luke or something, mm -hmm. or I think it was Scott that she was with. Yeah, Scott but, like, There were times where she was happy as a character, and I feel like she never has that in this show. I agree. But she'll have times where like she'll smirk or something, and something will like, make, make her laugh, mm -hmm. but she's never actually happy. Whereas I feel like in Alias, even though she was unhappy overall, she still had moments of happiness yeah, that yeah. I feel like don't really shine through in this show. I, You know, it didn't even occur to me, but I agree 100% now that you're saying it. Um, it feels a little two-dimensional. I don't believe that there are people who are that way all the time forever. There's got to be something that gives you a little bit of spark, right? Mm -hmm. But in her defense, I think a little bit of her spark and a little bit of trying to find her happy again, she um, exhibited in The Defenders. You know, mm -hmm. because in The Defenders, she does have you know, some um, conclusion uh, with with Luke and, 
they work through their their stuff and there is a genuine look of like relief on her part mm -hmm. in there um and as much as she is still kind of like gruff and rough in the defenders mm -hmm. she definitely is more like the comedic end of that show so mm -hmm. therefore there is more of a lightness to her then when you go back to her her series it's back to her real life when it's like huh you know, which is her still trying to deal with the stuff that she came through with Kilgrave mm -hmm. and getting to the other side of that. So, you mm. know, but going back to the like the original question, it's interesting to me. I think the person that um, one of the characters, the, the two most popular characters where this uh, this whole thing about who owns or do you side more with the original depiction versus, you know, what now has become more commonplace is uh Batman and Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. You go back to the original of Batman, it was kind of cool. But as he's been defined over the over the years, he went through a weird area when he was just like this big cartoon guy. But now everybody if you ask ask them what's the Batman in their mind? Yeah, people knock back to, you know, they like Capullo, they like, you know, Marshall Rogers and everything like that. But do Almost everybody in backtracking almost to a to a man stops and Neil Adams. Yeah, that's the, that's their Batman. Whereas with Spider Man, as much as people like JD, some people, well, not necessarily JD, but I know people that have spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars <laughs> just so that they can buy the uh, Todd McFarlane run of, of of Spider Man. You know, money they don't have. What? Um, but. And, and and God bless him because that was a great that was a great run, but even Todd McFarlane's Spider Man, and every Spider Man iteration off of that, is all echoes of Steve Ditko, mm -hmm. the original creator. You know, so like his his original design of Spider Man is still the definitive Spider Man that everyone goes back to. But see, that's what I think is interesting is that I feel like that might be true for Spider Man, but I feel Batman. Uh, no, it's not for Batman. Batman, you go back to Neil Adams. That's the sixties, right? But I feel that that's different for different people. Like you didn't even bring up Jim Lee, but for my generation, that's usually what I hear people say is like Jim Lee Hush. is like their Batman. Yeah. So that's what's interesting. See, that's because the people from your generation, oh no, don't know shit. <laughs> because uh, Jim Lee's. Batman that y'all all came for? He's Jim he's Lee. Air quoting. Is, is Jim <laughs> Lee uh, aping Frank Miller's Batman, which is Frank Miller's rough edge version of Neil Adams? It, Neil Adams' Batman. Yeah. So <laughs> learn, son. Oh my God. <laughs> um. I can't believe you threw me on the bus for that, Tom McFarlane. You I son of a not. bitch. You, you son of a bitch. I didn't say Listen, it. it's an omnibus and it's it's Todd McFarlane. It was a really good run. It Wait. meant a lot to me emotionally. Okay, so then getting off art then, same question, but oh. for just like the character in general. Like who defines the character? Like the original artist or like the people afterwards? What do you guys think about that, like, just as the character in general? Because I'm thinking right now, I'm looking at Doomsday Clock. Like, yeah. Alan Moore, I feel like, I mean, he's not writing Doomsday Clock. Mm -mm. So are those characters still, like, what happens with them? Are they the same people? Like, without spoiling it, 
well, the, certain characters are doing maybe nicer things, I guess, mm-hmm. or being more um, philanthropic mm-hmm. than they were in Watchmen. Yeah. But that's different than how they were in Watchmen. So is that still the character? Right. Do you think that that still applies to the character or is that a different... Does that not count? I, I think within every comic book reader's brain, there are... It is segmented into different categories and different little um, niches, right? So I think that there are people who get upset if they can't parse those out and separate them. They're the people who get upset that the Spider-Man movie is not exactly like the comic book movie because they only are able to look at the one version that they have in their head that they have mistakenly taken ownership of and decided, well, that's not my version, so that's wrong. Right. Um, With things like Watchmen, I think you've got people who took Alan Moore's amazing volume of, what was it, 12 issues? Yes. Of Watchmen, and that's it. That's, that's, That's it. That's all that exists. And that's fine for them. That's great. But if you like those characters and you want to read more about them, there's nothing wrong with the before Watchmen and there's nothing wrong with uh, Doomsday, Doomsday Clock. If you want to see how they would interact. Because that's that's the whole geek thing, isn't it? Who would win? Superman or the Hulk? Or who right. would win? Blah, blah, blah. So they're finally you know, going down those paths so that we can enjoy them. So it really is a subjective thing. Whatever it is in your brain that you have taken ownership of or means something to you emotionally, that's the one that exists. Exactly. Um, I'm able to, and this isn't, this can be problematic. This isn't me bragging, but I'm able to say, okay, well there's that watchman and then there's this other watchman and this watchman does not ruin the other watchman. No, I can enjoy, there was an evil dead remake. Um, I'm a big horror fan and they did an evil dead remake and it was dope as fuck. But there are people who hated it, and they say, well, that ruins the Evil Dead movies. No, it doesn't. Those Evil Dead movies still exist. You can go watch them on VHS, and, or you could watch this new one. So it's, it's, I think my answer is it's so subjective that I, it's hard to answer. Ditto. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Got another question? I was afraid you were going to have like a real concrete answer, and I look like an asshole. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Brandon, do you, how do you feel about it? I feel I agree with you on that front. Um, with like characters like that, with like Watchmen and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking like, what about characters who don't have an ending? Which like, is most of them, right? Because then it's like you don't, if you don't accept the next iteration, mm-hmm. then your character is just kind of left in limbo. Like yep. I'm thinking about like Captain Marvel right now, like Black Suit Captain Marvel. I mean, I haven't read a lot of her, but from what I remember, Black Suit Captain Marvel was very different than how she is now. Yeah, and I'll, I've seen a lot of people who are fans of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I understand, there's going to be a new version because I guess they're going to go back with the fresh start, the Captain Marvel fresh huh. start, and they're going to sort of change her origin story a little bit. So I'm wondering if that's going to adjust the character as well moving forward. Right. So then I'm wondering, like, what about those characters where if you don't accept moving forward, then it feels like your character just kind of cut off? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you feel about that? Like, and also, is it... Is it up to the writer to like how much is up to the writer to keep in line with the previous iteration? Mm-hmm. Like how much is it up to the people who write Captain Marvel now to not forget, I guess, where she came from, but also to do new things with it? Yeah. See, again, there are people. Let's say I'm going to pick Brian Michael Bendis. Um, there are people online and have con- I've had conversations with who think that Brian Michael Bendis doesn't give a crap about continuity. Um, 
and he will just write whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're very bothered by that. And I understand why, because you've, again, assumed ownership of this character through buying and reading hours and hours of this character. But for me, it, it doesn't really matter that much. Um, as long as I'm reading an interesting story that doesn't go whole cloth against everything I know about the character, I can make exceptions. Yeah, yeah because but the, the best writers come in if they are coming in on a character that's been out there or they know that they're, you know, the next link, the next chapter of the story, then, and especially if they have plans on being with that character for a, li- for a little while, um, what they'll do is they'll look back in the past, they'll pick and choose what they want to work with moving forward, and they'll work with those elements. They'll try their best not to negate what happened in the past, but they don't want to be like slaves to it at all at the same time. That's what the best writers do. Mm -hmm. Um, One, because at the end of the day, they're looking for pieces of the past that will help them create an interesting story, and that's the most important thing. And two, they also know that the character, when you're coming on to something like Batman, Spider-Man, or even Ms. Marvel, it's going to be there longer than they are. So if they miss an element or two, there will be someone that will come down the line and pick up the pieces. And if they don't pick up the pieces, then maybe the pieces weren't really that important for them to get picked up on anyway. Or when they are eventually picked up picked up on years down the line, looking at you, Clone Saga, it might be for something that. pretty cool. I was just know? thinking Clone or, Saga. Or, or, or Clone Saga, or just look at Grant Morrison's entire run on Batman, mm-hmm. which was all just cherry-picking from the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, as, All-Star Superman, holy uh, shit! Well, yeah, but, but the smart thing about All-Star Superman is that it was something in and of itself, yeah. you know? Um, and, you know, as, as we're talking, I sort of, I wonder if part of the reason I'm able to accept all of these, these inconsistencies is because some of my favorite stories are Elseworlds and alternate versions of characters. Yeah. So I'm well-versed in picking up an issue of Superman All-Star, let's say, for instance, and reading it and having it be a different version of the character and accepting it for what it is. Right. So I know there's a, there, you know, I think even on um, spoiler alert, I think um, Mark just doesn't like those versions of characters. He just wants the main regular version. Whereas I'm like, oh yeah, Spider-Verse, sign me up. Right. So yeah, I'm used to different versions of all these characters and I'm able to just like house them separately. And, and that is increasingly becoming the comic world that we are in now. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, look at how successful you know, sales-wise and certainly from a marketing and media exposure-wise, that has been for Archie Comics for the last couple of years. Excellent, excellent point. You know? Yeah, good example. You don't get Riverdale if they don't uh, expand their thinking Mm -hmm. like they they have. What is there? There's Archie, there's the regular Archie from the, oh God, what was it, 40s? How long has yes, that dude been hanging out? from the 40s. My from man. The 40s. Also, if you go back and look at those old... You know the way you like looking at the old um, uh, Richie Rich? Richie Rich. Mm-hmm. I really like looking at the old, old Archie Oh, drawings. from the 50s? They're so gorgeous. Yeah, man. Man. But... So you've got that version, which is still going on in the little digests that come out. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Archie horror line, yeah. which has uh, Afterlife with Archie... Um, 
Jughead the Hunger, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and, and now, now Vampironica. Vampironica. Let me let me tell you about a comic I like. Yeah. Let me tell you about a 70s movie in a comic book. Mm-hmm. Vampironica is a cool little piece of piece of something. Yeah, from Greg Smallwood and his sister, I think Meg Smallwood. They oh. worked they wrote it together and then he drew it. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, Meg, Meg Smallwood. But yeah, it's a perfect example. You can take these beloved characters and just try new and fresh and different things with them. And if you get if you're one of these readers who gets so bogged down by your own selfish interpretation of a character that doesn't really exist anywhere except in your head, then you're cutting yourself off from all of these interesting new takes on the character, which may be a little different, but may be just as good. Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, okay. But then I also had a question from the other side. Uh-huh. How, and I guess all of these questions are really subjective, but like how much do you think is on... <laughs> how, how good is pizza? <laughs> how much is on the original creators to make characters that can last. Because I'm thinking of a particularly special series called Gwenpool ah. <laughs> that just recently ended. And um, the writer, at the end, she, he even, um, in the letters page, he says, Gwen's, like, gone for now. But at some point, because this isn't much of a spoiler. This story kind of ends, ends in a sort of time loop mm-hmm. with, because um, Gwen's powers are, like, really meta, so... It ends pretty much where the issue ends, yeah. or the issue ends where it starts. Yeah. So from oh, her no perspective, kidding. she's kind of in a in in her final issue forever. Uh-huh. And so the um, author says she'll be in that issue in that um, time loop until someone decides to take her out of it. So yeah. some next writer, which she, from what I understand, is a very popular character. Mm-hmm. So I can almost guarantee another writer is going to come along and do something new with her. Right. And so I think that that ending though opens it up for mm-hmm. newer stories down the line. So, like, how much is up to the creators to make characters like that? Because, not to, okay, I have a little thing about Damian Wayne that I feel like he can't really grow that much. Right. Because I feel like every, his only real character development is going from being kind of an asshole to being, like, a not asshole. Right, not then, murdering people. Right. And then every new writer, I feel like, does that same storyline. Mm-hmm. And so he always gets reset. Yeah. So I feel like how much is it up to a writer to make a character that can have more than one direction, I guess. Well, you know, having having never been a comic book creator um, other than in art, it every writer is just throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, you know, you got your guys. They believe in a character. They're, they're interested enough to either write it or draw it. And they do that to the best of their ability. And... Thousands of independent comics die a year, right? Oh, boy, yep. People just try something out. No one, either they don't have the funding or they no way to get it out um, marketing-wise. No one pays attention and it dies. But if you have enough money and uh, originality maybe behind it, then you can create something that's long-lasting only because people have responded to it. It's not up to the creators. Everyone's doing what they can do. Yeah. All you can do is hope that someone notices and gives a shit. Exactly. And that's what creates a long-lasting character. Grant Morrison had created Damien with the plans to kill him off. That was not going to be a mainstay character. It was going to be, well, here's a kid, uh, and then he literally murdered him in, I think, Batman Incorporated at the end of his run. Right. And then 
DC the next month was like, nah, man, <laughs> here's more Damien. Um, so even for him to create a character who was literally disposable, he caught on to such a degree that they went, oh, because, you know, even just talking about your, your lady Gwenpool, she was created for a cover, right? right? She was a drawing for a cover that had no story. Right, a it was just, let's take Gwen and Deadpool and smush them together, because isn't that cute? And then there was such a, a response. Same thing happened with Spider-Gwen, right? She, they, she was created for the, you know, the Spider-Verse story, and then everyone was like, oh, that costume is dope. She's cool. She's in a punk rock band. I like her. Now she's got a series. Yeah. So it's, it's throwing shit at the wall and hoping something sticks. Yeah. It's not up to you. Same thing with bands, man. You, 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 make, you write your songs. You play your music. You, I was going to say put it on a cassette tape. Uh, you put it on the internet, and either you get ignored or people respond to it, and then all of a sudden you're huge. You know? Yeah. If, if there was a formula for this shit, that would be amazing. You know what I mean? Let's go to one more question. You got one more question on a, on a different note, Brandon. Okay. I was wondering – I was thinking about – um. James Gunn and Baby Groot, and his. Do you guys know his thing? That he says that that actually is. It's a. It's a not it's the not, original Groot. Right, it's not the original. Oh, I did see that. So yeah. So like, what is your opinion on that then? Like in general. I didn't read the story. Now, did did he go into detail? Was it that he grew himself so big at the end of Guardians One and then smashed, and then one of his little pieces grew another Groot? Mm, well. We see at the end of I think Guardians One that like they like plant one of them, yeah, and then that grows into Baby Groot. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, like you can sort of see that it's a different person, but everyone in the movie treats him like Groot, right? Yeah. So that's my like main problem with it, because the whole thing came up with James Gunn saying that he wanted death to have consequences in his movies, because a popular character dies at the end of Guardians Two, and so he wanted. Someone asked him, will that character come back at any point? And he's yeah. like, no, I want death to have consequence. People were like, what about Groot? And so my thing is, what do you think, like, does he have a right, I guess, to say that? I mean, he has, he has a right to say whatever he wants, but does he have a right to, like, make that canon? canon? Yeah, without, if it's not in, if it's not properly shown in the movie, mm-hmm. like, is that... Well, I mean, you know, we dealt with this recently with um, she's under a lot of fire recently. J.K. Rowling mm-hmm. had said that Dumbledore after the books and movies were all done. I think she made some sort of tweet that was like, oh, yeah, Dumbledore is gay. Right. Um, what's that? I was talking about that a few weeks ago. Yeah. So, I mean, but we weren't recording. That's gotten her in a little <laughs> bit of, of trouble because she's not actually showing it in any of the movies. But. What it sounds like happened to me, and maybe I'm wrong, with James Gunn, he made a statement where death is supposed to have consequences, and then people were like, oh, but what about this? And then he had to be like, oh, shit. I mean, well, you see, the thing is, see, what had happened was, uh, you see what I mean? But not necessarily, because what he could have very easily done, and so could have J.K. Rollins, in writing the character, she could have wrote the character gay. Yeah, but it you don't have to mention it. Mm-hmm. But in her mind, in the backstory, the 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 character's gay. Yeah. In his mind, this is a whole new group. Yeah, it doesn't negate anything that happens in either movie for that to be so. Mm-hmm. And if they never speak of it in the 
in the movies, it doesn't negate it, mm-hmm. you know? Because if they are all seeing him as Groot and they're just waiting for him to grow up, they'll either eventually catch on that it's not the same Groot mm-hmm. or they'll uh, rationalize in their mind, well, he's growing up differently, so it's going yeah. to be a different Groot. Yeah. Or they won't ever even give a fuck. Yeah. You know? Um, I... I I tend to think that it's probably closer closer to that. Um, I was actually, what, what was I? Um, I can't remember. It was something I was re- watching about a uh, a television show where an actor mentioned that he was actually playing the character gay, but it never got mentioned in the show. Hmm. I don't um, know what that was. I, I, I can't remember, but. And he was fine with it. He, it didn't bother him. Is it that was his interpretation of of the yeah, character? Yeah. You never, you would, if you watched it, you would have never known it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't negate it at all. I think to take a step back, though, these sorts of things only add conversation. So J.K. Rowling having her opinion and just sharing what she thinks about the character, or James Gunn sharing what he thinks about the character. I'm a sucker for that type of stuff because I like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I still buy DVDs and Blu-rays for that exact purpose because yeah. I like the behind the scenes. I like the conversation that's happening that I'm not privy to or changes that may have existed to get it where it got to. But I want to know what happened before that. Mm-hmm. So that to me is part of the magic of creation, of making um, a, either a film or a comic book I'm always really tickled by finding out the conversations that got you to where you eventually wound up. Uh, two things. One, James Gunn, I'm pretty sure it was that he did think of it beforehand because mm-hmm. apparently this is he's bringing this back up. Like someone asked him this recently, but apparently he mentioned in like a Facebook post like oh. a while ago okay. that Baby Groot is a different Groot. Ah. So this is him. It's not necessarily him retconning things. Mm-hmm. But my thing about it is if – if it's not shown in the movie, is that a valid argument? Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm saying, how much can artists, like, rely on their their personal vision, I think, if they don't show it in their movies? Like, for instance, um, Batman v Superman, recently, the scene, there's a scene that came out with Superman seeing two suits, and mm-hmm. it was a deleted scene where he sees yeah, the black suit, and then he the sees the... badass black and chrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. the red and blue suit. And that was supposed to apparently represent, like a rebirth for him where he chooses to be the character that he was from earth as opposed to like the black suited Mm -hmm. him. But I feel like no one would use that as an argument that Superman had that rebirth because it wasn't in the movie. Yeah. So I feel like, can you use that as an argument if you don't show it in your movie? Well, they, like in James Gunn's case. Oh, in James Gunn's case. I was going to say that one is a tricky one. Batman v Superman. Oh, well, no, it's not Batman v Superman. It was uh, Justice League. Yeah. Which was two different directors. So originally it was shot to go in there, but it got taken out. Um, I don't know. Len, what do you got? Um, All the time in movies, there are things that, there are ideas that are on the script and they may be written on the script. There may even be a scene that, you know, blatantly spells out something in the script. Yet in going over it you realize that you know this is something that either maybe doesn't need to be said maybe is something that can just be felt you know um or something that is 
you know, up you leave up to the interpretation of the of the of the audience. You want you want the audience to be bringing something into the experience mm -hmm. as well. So you don't want to you know uh, feed them everything. You know you want to you want them to kind of like dig in and 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 try to suss out all the ingredients. And some ingredients are going to slip by, mm -hmm. and some ingredients are going to be like, oh, I got that. Like, that's kale. You know. Yeah. So um, I think that I think something like that. Like I said, without it being mentioned, it doesn't negate anything in the film. You know, it it only either enhances the moment for you or it's just a little bit of knowledge that you have over other people if you know it. Yeah. If you don't, it's not going it's not going to negate it at all. Uh so but that doesn't negate the fact that he feels that um his intention was his intention was what his interpretation of the character is. If you don't feel that from the character, that's fine. And I'm sure he'll be fine with it as well. You know? The the difference with the Batman v Superman thing, if any, if it ever did become a thing, is because once it is shot, then it usually is shot with the intention of being in the movie. Um because that, that's a that's a whole different expense. You know, you're shooting something. Uh, making a suit. Yeah, and making a suit and all the props and everything like that. And, and especially if it was a scene that was supposed to illustrate a, a, a mindset as opposed to tell you what the mindset is. It's supposed mm -hmm. to kind of like give you a, a window into his world that, you know, maybe you don't really see in the movie. Um, so that's a little bit of a different thing. But again, it happens all the time. Yeah. It, it doesn't. I don't think it negates anything. I'll tell you. I think that scene would play a little bit better because it's not like. Does he ever wear the suit in the deleted scene? No. Right. The black and go chrome. Mm -hmm. So what's the point of it? I don't know. I I would have preferred a scene where he looks at the one the suit he wore from Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman, where it was all dark blue and mm -hmm. dark red, and, the and then he had he puts on a brighter costume. I think that would have been more indicative. Um, or he looks changed emotional. Or if. If you know, because Superman has powers we don't know. Yeah, yeah. So he looks at the the suit from uh, Man of Steel, and then you just see his eyes light up. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you see him in yeah. the brighter version of it. You yeah. know, because it's like, yeah, no, this needs to, you know. Speaking of, remember, remember in Superman two when uh, he ripped off his shield and threw a giant aluminum foil version of his shield, and like it wrapped up one of the Kryptonians, and then, that was weird. That was weird. Also, the Kryptonians had the ability to like levitate things with their fingers, lasers. Of course. What the fuck? But, God but, damn it. I love that movie, but what the in, fuck? In their defense, they were all in the Fortress of Solitude. All bets are off in the right. Fortress of Solitude. Okay. Cool. Oh, I have another question. I have a follow-up question. Since we were talking about Man of Steel, we weren't really. But So there's a scene where Lois Lane, I think, or Kal-El, find an open pod yes. in the ship yes and everyone was like oh it's supergirl maybe it's supergirl did we did i miss it did we ever get an answer to who was in that i pod? thought that i read somewhere that that there was supposed to be some um hint that that was kara yeah yeah that would have been cool but, but like it never got they just never did it they never picked up on it. it anyway i i, I think i, I read These that movies are a mess real quick aside hmm. since you brought up man of steel yeah which got me into 
Amy Adams. Oh, yeah. Who played Lois I Lane. wish it would get me into Amy Adams. <laughs> <clears throat> I apologize. Who is your favorite live action Lois Lane? Oh. <laughs> or, or, or did that laugh give it away? <laughs> so, when Kal is looking at the pods carrying the skeletons of the Kryptonians, to the left of him is an open and empty pod, which, as revealed in the Man of Steel prequel, was exited by Kara Zor-El, potentially leading to a future Supergirl appearance. I wish. Yep, see? I know That'd I be read cool. this somewhere. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. That was Brandon's twin brother. Brandon answers us. Yes. Um, wait, what was your question, Len? Your favorite oh, my favorite li- live action? Lois Lane. Oh. Can I? Oh. Well, because it hit me at a very specific time in my pubescence. I will say Terry Hatcher. I figured you were going to go Terry Hatcher. <laughs> Terry Hatcher. <laughs> I, figured <you laughs> I figured you were going to go Hot Terry. Hot damn. I, I thought you would go Terry Hatcher. Yeah, but also, I mean, uh, Margot Kidder is such a great, she's such a great uh, Lois Lane. I think, and I think Amy Adams is actually a very good actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, But she doesn't feel like but Lois. But she doesn't feel like Lois. Same thing with the one who pretended to be, uh, what was it, in Superman Returns? What was her name? Oh, I forgot. She was the surfer oh. actress. Was that um? She was in Batman too. Yeah, she was Batman. Katie Holmes. No, no, it wasn't Katie Holmes. No, it wasn't. That wasn't Katie Holmes. It was um. Oh man, Brandon. It was not Katie Holmes. Brandon, you quickly came up with the Zara thing. You. Superman Returns. Superman yes. Returns. Brandon Ralph, you got you. Katie Holmes, wasn't it? No, no, I don't think it was Katie Holmes. It wasn't Katie Holmes. Now I'm thinking about it. it wasn't Katie it's Holmes? It's definitely not Katie Holmes. It wasn't Katie Holmes. It was. She um, was in that surfer movie. I don't watch surfer movies. Me neither, but I know it. That's what I know her from. You saw the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Where's your Where's your brother Brandon's answers? Google us. faster. Come Kate there it, it is. Kate, Kate Bosworth. Bosworth. Thank you. Thank she didn't you. feel like Lois either. No, she didn't. But you know why they neither of them felt like Lois? They didn't have black hair. Is that it? They, for me. For me. I like Amy Adams, but she doesn't have black hair. Lois has black hair to me. Yeah. I, I need I need I need dark hair Lois. That's why I Margot gave, Kidder. But but um Kate Bosworth, they they d- d- dyed yeah, her hair dark. It didn't it, but it was dark. It wasn't yeah. black. Yeah, I see. It didn't work. Just emotionally, the character didn't resonate as Lois. What a bummer. Plus, she didn't have any Wait. chemistry with uh, Brandon Who, Ralph. Who's yours? Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's my Lois. What's up, Brian Cray? So, we have a question for you. Sure, sure. Brian, um, uh, Brian yeah. another long-time uh, customer here at the Hero Complex. Who is your favorite live-action Lois Lane? Oh, absolutely, Margot. Margot Kidder? Yeah, absolutely, Margot, even though I suppose the character's kind of evolved away from her interpretation, but I thought she was the most human. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd, I'd have a second favorite. Mine was Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher? And Lois and Clark. I, my problem with Terry Hatcher was uh, there was a little too many scenes of her like eating ice cream and, and crying in a robe. I didn't think that was really Lois. Eating ice cream? Yeah, yeah. Huh. There's I a very memorable it. episode, at least memorable to 13-year-old me, uh, where she becomes a, uh, a nightclub singer. Oh. Which it, yeah, involves a lot of uh, slit-up-the-thigh gowns and uh, cleavage. Like and 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the the, the but that's show, the episode with the crying and the ice cream. The show was the Adventures of Lois and Clark. I mean, it was a romantic comedy, so they they leaned on that. So I could definitely not comedy, but it was a romantic whatever it was. So yeah, Mar- Margot Kidder was my favorite. Yeah, show. and why, why was Margot your favorite? Uh, I I kind of agree with you as far as like human. She was, uh, and Margot and um, you know, just well portrayed. Um, but. I think that um, she had black hair. <laughs> I need my Lois with black hair. I think she was she, in the first movie. I think uh, I've the one of the. I think one of the reasons I do like Margot is because I've had so many jerks say to me she wasn't good looking enough to play Lois Lane, or she looked too old, which is weird because I think she was the same age as Christopher. Exactly. Reed. Yeah. Um, I know she did have like a, a face tuck in between. Uh, when Richard Donner stopped shooting and Lester started shooting for th- for two, and I don't think she looks as good, but I think in the first movie and in the Donner scenes for two, she's absolutely beautiful. Oh, she, I think she looks yeah. like Zoe Deschanel now. Whether or not you like Zoe Deschanel is you know, I like Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. you know, I. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. I think the only thing that um, uh, bothers people uh, people about her now is that. And they don't realize it is that she's not really Burns, uh, Lois Lane, exactly. where she's an army brat. Nobody had thought of that yet. That's she true. was a That's true. small town kid who moved to the big city like uh, Clark was back right. then. So I, I, I don't. I never like it when people uh, criticize uh, an old uh, live action portrayal because it doesn't, uh, you know, conscribe to the uh, the rebooted version. That, mm-hmm. that always that always drives me nuts. Like when people say. Uh, I didn't like the Jack Nicholson Joker because he wasn't uh, a stand-up comedian. It's like that comic had just come out, yeah. <laughs> you really? know, exactly. it had just come out. I don't think they knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Margo, thank you for letting me talk. Oh yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for um, talking. The um, what was I going to say? There was something I wanted to say. Oh, that's the thing about Margot Kidder that I really appreciate the most, and I think the reason that no one else has been able to stand up beside her yet is there are actors and actresses who feel like the character they are portraying, and then there are actors and actresses who act like the character they are portraying. And there's something about Margot Kidder's performance in 1 and 2 that she was she was a badass, but everyone else, a lot of the other people who were playing her, acted like a badass. Mm-hmm. Whereas I felt like she just housed being a badass who would go after the story who would jump off of something in order to prove someone wrong like she was just a, a go-getter yeah it didn't feel like she was pretending to be one she just right. felt like that character yeah Good. That, that, and also she had black hair like All right, so we, for the first time, you and I, Leonard, have a voicemail. What? No, this is not our first voicemail. Really? Remember, we had a voicemail from Tim. Oh, from, from Tim last, last week. Yeah, that was that, that audio was shit. <laughs> oh man, even just listening to it hurt me. But hearing Tim's wonderful voice made it more than made up for it. Most certainly. So we have another voicemail then uh, from Derek. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm oh. gonna play it for you right now. 
guys. Uh, this is Derek from North Carolina. Um, I am uh, really just sending a voice message because it's hard for me to email, uh, seeing as how I'm usually driving. Uh, and I have a full-time job. I'm a single dad of a teenage boy, and I'm in two bands, so I don't get a whole lot of free time. But since JD does not actually see the download numbers, I wanted to give him a recorded message of validation. I'm here. I listen. I appreciate you guys. Uh, also, just another side note, uh, Lynn, I am in the Black Tribbles fam. I am currently known as Yoda Tribble. Uh, been pretty inactive because of the same reasons, but I'm still listening and I still love it. Um, but I'm also the guy who a while back asked if there was a way to get a name change. And um, the name change would be Triple, formerly known as Yoda, in deference to Prince, who I am really, really nerdy about as a musician. Uh, also, I am a huge fan of the Michelle Mission, so there's that as well. But back to JD, um, since this is about validating you. Uh, you guys do a kick-ass show, um, and please keep it up. Uh, and also, I don't know, it gets me through work, man. And uh, also, yeah, I agree with Lynn. I am all about the trades, mainly because my first comic book was not actually in comic book form. It was a collection of Teen Titans that was in a paperback novel format. When I was a kid, my mom bought it for me because I really liked to read, and Robin was my favorite character at the time. So there's that. Anyway, love the show. Love you guys. Keep going. And uh, yeah, Lynn, give me my name change, bruh. 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 Okay, well. That was a good voicemail. That was a great voicemail. Thank Thanks, you so bruh. much. Thanks, bruh. Right, so I have a couple questions for Derek. One, you have two teenage boys are they following suit? Or do, do they read comic books? If so, um, what do they read? That would be interesting, yeah. Yeah, I want to know. Also, how did you... If if I assume if they aren't reading comic books, you at least gave it your best foot forward. Mm -hmm. And what did you give them to to see if they would enjoy comic books? Secondarily, I guess this is a question that maybe Len, you, you seem to be nodding vigorously when, you said some, when he said something about the Teen Titans novel format book no, yeah if, if is it an actual novel or do you it, mean it was a digest really a, it, yeah it was like a digest yeah uh, okay if, if if i'm remembering like um what he's thinking of it was like a digest of old teen titans comics okay that were there and like i remember having that mm -hmm. and um by then i was already in the comics was that the wolfman perez stuff or is that no older? it wasn't wolfman perez it was um older stuff oh, okay it was older stuff at least at least what i remember yeah was older stuff now maybe there was a wolfman perez one that he is he is recalling but there this was older stuff um because it had it was my introduction one of my introductions into uh nick carty who did a, a lot of the Teen Titans back in the late 60s yeah. and was um, DC's cover artist for much of the 60s and early 70s. Oh, okay. Um, and I just love, I, so I just fell in love with his, with his artwork. I but really, I, yeah, I really liked those. I had a couple of those little digests as well. Mm -hmm. I had um, some G.I. Joe ones from Marvel's G.I. Joe. Yeah. I had some of the, I want to say 
70s oh gosh when was it when the black widow first shows up in amazing spider-man he fights the there's that great cover of him versus the kingpin and the kingpin is literally swinging him around by his feet okay yeah yeah. yeah. um that's, that's probably around the 70s yeah yeah mm-hmm. they had a digest of that that i loved um and I then remember back in the, in the 70s they had in the spider-man digest they were reprinting the Spider-Man, the original Spider-Mans and Fantastic uh-huh. Fours, yeah, from very from um, the very first issue, and they were in digest forms, and mm-hmm. I I had like the first three of both of nice. those, yeah, man. There was one that I remember somewhere in my brain. It's in there somewhere, and I'm having trouble grabbing it. But it was a Batman story. I want to say it was drawn by Jim Aparo or Neil Adams. Understandable that I might get them confused. Very true. Uh, and I feel like it was called something like the secret origin of the batman or something hmm. um and there was a digest of it and i've been trying to find just for nostalgia reasons right i've been trying to track it down and i haven't found it but um yeah so thank you derek uh so i also have wanted to change my name my my triple designation you know i i went into it without any forethought right uh, i was not expecting it to have to make up a designation uh when the first time we had talked and so i just fucking froze I didn't know what to do. I knew I liked Spider-Man. He was my guy. But literally every Spider-Man option I came up with was taken. That's true. So all of them. I even went like, you know, Ben Riley and Scarlet Spider and Kate. All these things. They're all taken. But I finally found my one. So let's do Derek. Let's Derek. change his name and then we can do mine. All right. So Derek. Derek Hines, who is, a, as he sent on a voicemail, and um, I can attest, a very long time a fan of the Black Tribbles. We have appreciated his fandom for for years. So, and it's cool that he's in two bands. So, Derek, you know, you know your family, dog. So, if you got that one little track that you think is hot, you know, send it our way, man, so we can get it up on WPPM LP 106.5 FM here in Philly for you, so they can hear some spins from uh, the Tribble, formerly, formerly known, known as, as Yoda. Yoda Tribble, a.k.a. Bruh Tribble. Because <laughs> I like that bruh. bruh. That bruh had a certain bravado that I yeah. like, dog. Now, before we get to revealing your yeah. new Tribble designation, Tribble 2099, we have to first indoctrinate, indoctrinate <laughs> a new person into the Tribble Nation. And that would be young Brandon here of the Brandon Ask Us uh, segment. segment. Now, I don't know how much you are aware of becoming a member of the Triple Nation, but it means coming up with a triple designation that indicates where your geek lies in in some way, shape, or form. This is going to be easy. No, but I specifically didn't ask because I was I'm still thinking of a name. Like, I've been thinking about this for weeks, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't know yet. You don't know yet? Well, let me, let me, tell, you, let me tell you one thing right now. Mm-hmm. Gwen Tribble is taken. Yeah. Uh, so is Gwen Stacy Tribble. What about Pool Tribble? I don't think there's a. I don't think that there's not a pool like, tribble. But that sounds like Deadpool, which is the problem with the yeah. comic in the first yeah. place. Yeah, it's true. Well, what do you consider? You, I mean, I Question. know that you're a huge fan of Gwenpool, but what mm-hmm. do you think you actually truly are? What like, is, what's your geek? What's what your, about like music? Yes. Oh. Yeah, we have Sorry. a we have a, a triple clef. Um, oh, triple clef, yo, that's good. What about Childish Brandino triple? Oh, taken. 
No, it's Brandino. Oh, I didn't hear Brandino. Childish Brandino for Brandon. That is not taken. That's pretty good. Now, is that what you want to live? Sure. You sure? It's going, it's going on your tombstone. Uh, yeah, man. I'm saying this is going in the ledger. So. I mean, let's see. Can, that's is there any clever. way to add more to it? Like, it's got my name. It's got Shadows Gambino. Is there anything else we got to it? Like. No, that's fine. It's fine if that's what you want. That's fine. Okay. So. That's actually. I like that. I like that. So childish Brandino triple. Okay. So that's going to be Brandon's triple designation. JD over here is uh, changing. Yeah. Upgrading I'm... your triple designation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to thwip triple. Wow. T H W I P P exclamation point triple. Oh, you're putting an exclamation point in it. You so- goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> triple 29 that nope is horrible yeah and it makes sense that you would change it to twi- triple <laughs> yes thank you so bravo especially JD. since before it was 2099 not 29 yeah man <laughs> so 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 are you retiring triple yeah i'm retiring it so it's so- which means people can wear it it's like my jersey that's sport sports analogy jersey totally not what it means oh but then no i'm not retiring it people can have it if they want i don't give a fuck listen what happened was back you're throwing it back yeah and you're taking out th- triple. catch and release there you I'm go throwing it back out there because i you you brought me under the thing and then you were like here's pick a name quick son and i was like i can't i when you're in line <laughs> when you're in line for fast food <laughs> at a restaurant <laughs> I'm just gonna watch you work. <laughs> when you're in line and you haven't been thinking about it because you've been you've been looking at that girl over there. Mm-hmm. Does she look real good? Looking at the fry girl. And the fry girl. <laughs> and then you get and they're like, Sir, 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 do you want to order? And you're like, oh shit, I haven't thought about what I want to order. That's what happened with Triple Twenty Ninety Nine. So yeah, I'm giving it away. You're giving it away, and you are now and forevermore will be thwip. Thwip Tribble. Thwip Tribble. Yeah. And Brandon. Jackson Shorts. Will be the childish Brandino. God, that's good. Tribble. And Derek Hines will be now and forevermore the Tribble formerly, formerly known, known as, as Yoda. Yoda. But none of that is official. Oh, shit. Until each and every one of you and Derek I know you're following with me. Well, as he drives. <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> be careful. Takes the triple oath of allegiance. So with all that in mind, I need you all to repeat after me. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple furry. I'm a triple true. I'm a triple true. From the way I roll. From the way I roll. To the way I coo. To the way I coo. So shall it be said. So shall it be done. Welcome. Stand to be counted. Childish Brandino Tribble. The Tribble formerly known as Yoda. And Thwip Tribble. Yay. Do you know how long this has been weighing on me? (laughs) Every time I'm on with the hanging out with the black triples, I'm like, I hate that name. I hate that name. God damn it. How do I change that name? So thank you so much. It was all because of Derek. It was all because of Derek. Thank you, Derek. So Um, thank Derek. 
All right. So thank you so much for joining. Oh, by the way, and also thanks to Derek for writing in or, you know, um, voicemailing just to make me feel nice. (laughs) It worked. I feel great. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You can email us at uh, blacktribbles at gmail.com or at coatpopgo at gmail.com. Brandon, you have something to say? I just want to say thank you for having me on. Hey, thank oh, you for yeah. having great questions. Thank you. Thank we'll you. see you next week, hopefully, with more questions because really we have no no other show to do if you don't show up with questions. Yeah, uh, we just make you it up. Christopher McKnight. <laughs> Christopher Goodnight? Good <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you can also tweet at us. Uh, I'm at JD's Hero Complex, JDS Hero Complex, and Len is at Bat Tribble. Now, is that B A T T R? No, actually, I'm wrong. It's at the Bat Tribble. How many T's is in Bat Tribble? T- two. Okay. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, and we will talk at you later. Da-da-da!